What's going on? It's episode 12 of Mental Vacation Hour. And today we have PX Eternal, longtime fucking collaborator. We've been in hella fucking bands together. He still, you know, works on the shit that um, I'm doing right now with the mixing and mastering. And I mean, even like some like co-producing and stuff like that. But yeah, man. We in here. Yeah, dude. What's up, man? Chilling, dog. What have you been up to, yo? Fucking, I just came down to the sea, so I'm down here for a few days. <clears throat> That's why I'm on my scuffed-ass mobile connection right now, so hopefully it doesn't uh, drop out. We'll see. So what What do you mean by the sea? Like, where where are you on like the map right now? Uh, the Baltic Sea, so like north of Poland, north of Germany. So Sweden, if I go across the sea, I'm on so I'm on the south coast, the Baltic Sea. If I go across it north, I get to Sweden. <laughs> and there's like a ferry <laughs> too. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's fucking, like, did you guys ever fucking cross the seas? Nah, I was gonna, I was gonna go camping with some of my friends in uh, Sweden, but um, yeah, shit just like fell out. I was gonna say, there's like a ferry that goes, it's like five hours or something. You can like park your car on it too if you want to take your car to Sweden and all that. But yeah, that fell through. So nah, not yet. Hopefully though. Damn, man. Hopefully. That's fucking crazy, dude. It's still so weird that you fucking live <laughs> literally in Europe right now. Like, all right, so how many years has it been now? Uh, I think I'm going on five when it comes, uh, like, October-ish. Yeah, and what, what does year five feel like? Well, the first, um, the first year was, like, because I knew, like, I moved permanently. Because, you know, I came out here to like study and shit but i knew it's like you know i i'm living with my wife now of course but i was with her too i'm like i'm just gonna stay out here so the first year i would wake up sometimes in the morning like so confused like <laughs> and like i'd be like i'd be like i'm fucking living in poland now you know what i mean like it, it took a while to like for that feeling to go away now i just wake up and it's like normal but yeah, yeah. I just always have like my family is like thousands of miles away and like <laughs> this is my new home now it's very bizarre <laughs> even just like traveling around and stuff i'm like looking out the windows like like damn this is, this is crazy especially because i always wanted to move to europe when i was younger so um <laughs> yeah like now though i mean you know a couple of years of went by it's kind of like normal i still get that sometimes like very occasionally but it's definitely not as like strong anymore yeah now i feel like i even get that with like fucking florida but that's like nothing compared to being across the fucking world like that yeah i mean like when we went to la for what we, we went for like three months three months um yeah that was like uh that was surreal but like when you're in a completely different country and culture and the language is completely different, obviously it's like a bigger like shock. 
But uh, yeah, going out of state too. Yeah, you definitely get that a little bit. Yeah, but like when we when we went uh, for your wedding, <clears throat> that dude, it felt so weird, dude. Like you said, the waking it up part, like you would wake up and like, yeah. all right, let's get coffee. And then you're like, oh wait, like nobody speaks our fucking language here. Like, well, they're actually they were actually pretty good with it, like especially in Germany. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's no one's first language. And you're like walking to, dude. Do you remember when we were we were all standing for some reason around the fucking? Oh, you know, it wasn't around the hole. It was like a little later on that night, and people just came up to us, like staring at us. Like we were like, are they like trying to like fuck with us at that like gathering of like where everyone was like drinking outside? Oh, like that corner, like in the city yeah. where all those bars were. Oh yeah, but no, it yeah. was like outside, like in the grass, like we yeah. were standing in the grass. Do you oh, remember? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> now I know what you mean. They were literally like stop, and we like looked over, and it's like like went away, like all quick. <laughs> like what the fuck? No, yeah, it's probably yeah. just. Uh, I mean, like in that city, it's like people still might give you some looks if you're like speaking English. The first time I was in the city is crazy because I was visiting and um, like my wife is just like showing me around and I'm talking English, of course, especially back then. I didn't know any Polish and I'm like, th this guy comes up to me. He's like, and he has an Australian accent. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, I haven't heard anyone speaking English since I moved here. I'm like, He's like, yeah, you're the first first English speaker in literally like weeks. I'm like, uh, so where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from um, Kentucky. I'm like, I'm like, why do you have an Australian accent? And he's like, he's like, oh, it's like a neurological disorder. <laughs> what? The like fuck? what? I was like, that you can get like a foreign accent from a neurological uh, whatever. But yeah, um, you go into like villages though, um. Like I went to this one kind of mountain resort area. I went like snowboarding one year and um, that's like on the border with the Czech Republic. And dude, everyone in the bar, like every place I went to, they were just like completely like staring. Cause I think like, yeah, they just never fucking hear people speaking English yeah. in that area. But in the cities, it you'll get some looks, but you know what I mean? It's uh dude, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's people staring at us, I feel, when we were there, for sure. Like, especially oh, yeah, at the that, bar and shit. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like, fuck. Like, it, Abby, it definitely felt cool, like, getting that experience finally, though. Like, being outside of the country and shit. Like, it's Yeah, a I mean, can you shock. imagine, like, can you imagine, like, when we lived in New Jersey, seeing, like, Okay, if there's um, you know, Mexicans or something, like we're used to that, like speaking Spanish or something, yeah. but like like some European speaking like I don't know, Finnish or something, we'd be like, <laughs> What are they doing? You never in, hear in our it town. Before. Like what? Yeah. yeah. When my wife was in our town in the supermarket, like some guy stopped her, was like, Are you from Russia? And like asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what the fuck, yeah. dude? No, it's, so it's pretty you, sweet though living in another country. How do you think you'd feel coming back? It's been like years now since you were back in the U.S. Yeah, I came back literally once in um, 
I think the winter of 2019, but then 2020 COVID hit and then the yeah, all the COVID travel happened. rules became all sketchy. Like I could always go back, I think because I was a US citizen, but my wife couldn't. And so we we're I was always just oh, yeah. delaying so like she would be able to come back with me. But um Yeah, yeah, so it's been like 4 years. Yeah, it's going to feel weird when you come back. When I came back after a year of being out of the country, that felt weird. Like, coming into Manhattan and there's, like, all these giant-ass, like, skyscrapers and stuff. Like, you don't have that here, you know what I mean? I'm not used to it. It's mad weird. Yeah, yeah the back. other... Though, I, I still miss, like, the fucking food out there and stuff. Because... It, dude, the quality difference, you do not realize that until you leave the U.S., how bad the fucking food quality is in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I came to Europe, even in Germany, everything just, like, tastes cleaner. It's just, like, higher quality and stuff. And I think there's a legitimate reason behind that, which is, like, the regulations the government have with what you can put in food what kind of preservatives you can use. It's not to say that they allow completely like organic shit. Um, or I mean that they'll ban preservatives completely. You still can get food like that. It's in a lot of supermarkets, Yeah. but it's not as bad because in the U S they don't, they don't care. They're just like, whatever. Yeah. Like no regulations, just, uh, you know, make sure it doesn't like kill people, I guess. And uh, and you're good, at least immediately. But I feel like when you don't leave, when you don't leave, and you, you just kind of like think that it's fine and stuff. But now, like I'm always thinking about it. Like every time, like this probably would taste so much better in fucking Europe. Especially, yeah, like Germany and Germany's fucking Brexit stuff hit like so hard. Did you get um? Any falafel or kebab when you're in Germany? No, I think that was like the one thing like we for some reason didn't get. Like the one thing I feel like you should get, we didn't get. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, I only go to that because it's like it's so convenient. So I thought there was a high chance that you did that. Nah, but dude, um, fucking LA was. Dude, that felt so long for how short it was. I feel like we yeah, learned man. we learned so many of life experiences in such a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I definitely that was like mental preparation for being able to like move somewhere like here. We definitely learned a lot. I feel like I feel like you need that fucking punch in the face if you're trying to fucking move out of your hometown <laughs> yeah yeah like the main thing was obviously yeah you're fucking on your own you have to take care of all your chores and all that bullshit but like with music uh do you remember our mixing situation it was in this tiny yeah. ass like five foot wide corner with like this table and the monitors just placed directly on this table it's the worst possible place you could mix low end in. And I probably did like upwards of 25 revisions of 
getting old and i still listen back on that mix and i hear that i did not do a good enough job <laughs> like the low end on that shit is kind of messed up like it just the vocals aren't that bad like the vocals sound like clean but um mixing in that environment though definitely fucking helps in the end because although i wasn't like mixing well once i got out of that and i had a proper setup it was like day and night you know what i mean and plus we yeah. were just grinding music every day because we didn't even have jobs like <laughs> yeah while you were applying <laughs> fucking mike mike's hoagie or what is it jersey uh, mike's, uh, jersey mike's. <laughs> oh my god dude yeah that was fuck. that was crazy dude and we were literally dude we would have to um shut the fridge off because we had the mic in the pantry oh yeah yeah we would have There's to shut the fuck. we would turn the ac off and turn the fridge off so it wouldn't make fucking noise like, that was a pretty like good bro. like booth though no for yeah. what it was yeah we did a good job for like what we had in terms of the booth um I couldn't say that about the mi well. Okay, it was an experience thing for the mixing, for me. But yeah, and then um, of course going into like L.A. Sam Ash to buy all the equipment. <laughs> Didn't we see Dead Mouse? I think who else? Like I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, definitely saw Dead Mouse in there. So that shit was weird. Just the whole L.A. experience. There's so many bizarre things that happened to us. Like. I feel like we would need to like talk about that shit for like two hours. Yeah, literally. I didn't we like. I think you and uh, Matt like thought you saw MGK and were pretty convinced too. Just like MG on, MGK in the road. and Matt Ox. And yeah. Matt Ox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I shit mean, is so funny. They're people, you know. They walk around. It's crazy when you see them, but it's like, well, you know, what is he gonna do? Is he gonna like hide in his house all day? You know what I mean? No, for sure. I guess I guess, I, I guess that's why, like, Eminem, like, he listened to his period where he was just complaining about being famous for, like, two or three albums. He was, like, that level of fame where it's just insane. Like, you can't do anything. Because <laughs> there's obviously levels to it, you know? But... Yeah. For that sure. would be, like, a curse. For real. Yeah, dude. I feel like... I don't know, dude. I would never want to be that fucking famous, dude. No, fuck like that. seriously, because it's overwhelming. It's it's, a, it's just a different life at that point. <laughs> like, you know, like there's no more normal life after that. Yeah, the only feasible thing I guess you could do is just like, well, I don't even know if some people could do this, but like disappear to like a foreign country, try to change your appearance as best you can. Yeah. Like, but still, like, who's not going to recognize? Like, I think it was on a Joe Rogan podcast. They were talking about Tom Cruise. Like, he goes anywhere in yeah. the world. And, like, people flock around him. It just doesn't matter where he goes. And that's, like, the pinnacle of fame. But, like, the, the worst part, too, is, I mean, even the people close to you, like, you don't know if they're being, like, fake and stuff anymore. Like, you start to question, like, everyone and stuff. Like... That has yeah. to be just a brutal fucking um, 
way to live. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about like power corrupting and like fame is like a type of power, I guess. So if you have a lot of clout, obviously, like you're this super famous person, people want to use you left and right. Yeah, like you said, so you never know when anyone's being genuine. Um, that's why there has to, I, like, there should be like a happy medium, like, and that's why being a producer, I think, is like, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like that because I learned with some time, like, I definitely don't want to go like the artist route. I just kind of want to like stay in the background, do my thing in my room, yeah. be isolated, <laughs> and. You know, but it's cool watching. I'm not like against being art. It's just not my thing. You know, like I just prefer sitting in my room, just fucking with music. I stay up late as shit, so um, that's another thing. Like nighttime, three, <laughs> four a.m. No one's bothering you. You know, what I mean, you can just like zone out for hours working on shit. And uh, definitely going on stage. I mean, like of course, when we were younger, of course, like we were in a band we played on stage and everything but still i wasn't a like front man so it was kind of yeah. like <laughs> obviously uh you don't think that like like you like being a fucking artist right like do you thrive on that shit because i feel like weirded out by being on stage being the spotlight and everything well like i don't know it's it's definitely like a weird situation because I, I fucking love making songs and being a songwriter and I do love it being my own songs, you know, like me being the one singing them on stage and stuff. I, I don't, I definitely don't mind being on stage. I, I think the hardest part is just how like music is shifting to where you definitely have to, you know, be active on social media and all that shit like that that shit's the hard part for me like but i think i've been trying to find a way to be like actually genuine with it and shit and find because like i feel like there's a there's a way for everyone to thrive on something like social media like it, where you don't even if you don't want to show your face you don't even have to you know like you have to just find your angle i mean look at fucking dead mouse you know like shit like it's, that um with the social media thing i mean Let's say, like, the playing field is evened by the fact that you have two people and let's say their music, it doesn't have to be the same genre, but it's both, like, pretty good. It's, like, on the same level. Mm -hmm. So does it then become, a num like, a numbers game? Like, a thing of quantity? Being able to, like, push yourself on Instagram? Or is it more, like, personality? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different factors. Yeah. Like, is there even an equation sort of that you can come up with? Like, it's it's hard to say, dude. It's it, the thing is, it's always changing, dude. Like right now, like it it is kind of cool how like TikTok and stuff. It is in a way kind of being about the music again, where like good songs can be pushed by the algorithm. But, you know, you have to have the interesting video along with it. And for for the past few years, I mean, it's been like just about um, 
having yeah like being a content creator first and having music second almost well i see i see the like instagram obviously is like different now it's more like tiktok whereas before it was just you saw posts by who you followed there wasn't like yeah. a continuous feed of like people that you don't follow and that's weird to weird to me but at the same time it's probably good right for people that don't yeah. have big followings because so then what is it that the algorithm actually picks up on is it like a quick inflation of views like even if it's not big if it's like if 50 people watch it or something like that like in a short amount of time then it will push it like what even is it well the 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 monster of the algorithm i feel is always changing that's the thing but you know it does go base so the way i know the way tiktok and stuff works is so that's why it's good to have hashtags and shit to kind of start where to push it so it'll push it to people and if people watch the whole thing or they do end up liking it or if they end up sharing it that all adds to the factor of okay it's going to the next tier of more pushing out and then there's all these tiers and if it keeps doing good they'll keep pushing it out and if they find the right audience for it they'll fucking just go crazy with it yeah i mean you you're talking about you don't go full in on the social media shit. I just made my Instagram. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. just made it. <laughs> so it's like, fuck. It's like a, looking up a big mountain or something. It's like, oh, I got to hike like all the way up there. But, no, but I almost feel like that can be good too because I feel if if you're consuming all this content and shit, like trying to put out your own stuff i feel you can get um what's the word like um get 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 lost in the in the cycle of what everyone else is trying to do when i mean at the end of the day a lot of stuff that does become popular is original and different and i think yeah. if you come into it fresh without knowing anything going on you can start off with a different angle you know True, as long yeah, as you're no, savvy enough, as long as you're savvy enough to know like the basics of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point because yeah, for real, like no Instagram for years. That's why I was like, what the hell is all the shit on my feed? And you're like, bro, they changed it. Like it's it's more yeah. like TikTok <laughs> now. It's not just like who you who you follow. Well, everything is now. Um, Dude, uh, even YouTube has YouTube shorts. Right, yeah, yeah. Those those I saw come on, it's like, oh, it's the YouTube version of TikTok, but I didn't even know Instagram did that. But um yeah, that's you know, like marketing, like the whole like business side of it definitely has been the thing that I've always just not been good at. And it's because if you can make the music it's what it, it will just sit on you know your computer or something if you don't have some kind of like plan to actually push it to put it out and it just sits Dude, there a, and that's how a lot of my shit's been huh i heard a crazy stat i'm looking it up real quick um uh, 
So there was like this <clears throat> thing I heard about Spotify with um how many artists got like zero streams on their music and it was a, like an absurd number a fucking insane number of people just straight up got zero listens or streams on their music in 2022 i can't find the number oh an entire year it was yeah if whoever if you're listening and wanted to look try to find it but it was an absurd it was in the millions like of people with zero streams or listens on their music in 2022 and think of how many songs come out and just nobody listens to it because it's so uh, saturated now what percent um of like all the spotify accounts was uh or like uploaders do you remember like was it a majority i I don't don't remember aren't listened to i know like for a fact it was at least 10 percent it could have been way so more. It could have been right around there. Yeah, but I mean, ten percent alone, like that's crazy. And the the crazier stat is, I think, like one percent of artists, or something around there, only like one percent can make a living off of their music, like fifty thousand or more, just from like Spotify alone. But I mean, you can't just rely on Spotify if you're trying to, you know, make no. a career. I mean. There's all these yeah. different outlets you can take and add them together. No, yeah. I mean, um, like somebody who's, um, if you make music for TV, you're still making money. It might not be, it depends where you live, obviously. If you can make enough to live on, but that has nothing to do with Spotify. You yeah. could be, a, there's so many just quiet, produ- like, I heard this story, this one guy, um, he made a song and it got on like some cartoon and he basically made, I was, and I was talking to this guy, he's like, yeah, he made oh, yeah, a lot. I remember that the Teen Titans. <laughs> thing, yeah. Right? Well, I, I think that was it. Yeah. And, um, he said that he made enough to buy a house off just that. And when he's saying buy a house and he's in LA, that's like, you know, he's he means three, four hundred thousand dollars. And that's just one or, song. Or more. And he doesn't have to have a Spotify. I mean, obviously, like if you're doing music, it's probably best you put it everywhere. You put it on YouTube, you stream it on all the streaming services yeah. and stuff. But like you don't have to. I mean, if if you have like a someone to sell to, you know what I mean? And especially because those libraries are there. You can send stuff to them. They can make deals with you. And um, uh, like there's tons of libraries. And that's one of the aspects. Like I was listening to um, Palace from uh, 808 Mafia, and he was talking about this in one of um, his podcasts. Like there's so many different ways to make money off of music. It's not even necessarily from streams or even placements. If you're a producer, you can work with, making video game shit you know what i mean tv stuff like and that's that's for me like it's cool or whatever if in the future maybe i do happen to get a placement with some uh decently well-known artist or something but if i'm making enough to live off of it like that doesn't matter you know what i mean or it doesn't matter i don't necessarily need that it's it's just um 
fun in and of, in and of itself making music and being able to live yeah. off of it. So yeah, there's there's so much shit you can do. Just like doing I mean that's considered sync, right? Like what you've been doing um with the songs that you've been um putting in the library. Yeah. Uh essentially my um selling songs directly to a company that just puts it into a library to be used for you know tv shows or movies or whatever and of course you sell away the exclusive rights so mm. any potential that that song could have had as like a hit or something you know goes out the window but if it does get used if it is good and it gets used by some like because there could only be a five second segment where they play like a little section of your song and you can make some money off of that it depends on how many times does the episode go it depends what time of the day it's played like there's prime time and then you know the other parts but if it gets picked up on something like a theme song or um, not even like the main theme, but maybe something else like every time there's a certain segment of a TV show and they just play that like mini theme. Yeah, that shit adds up. So yeah, selling music to like TV uh, or to libraries for TV and video games is something that I haven't even looked into. Like, I don't even know how to approach that. I'm guessing it's something similar with the library because it would make sense that you could have direct contracts with the production company. Yeah, yeah. Or you just go into a library and they discover it through there. I think it all depends. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Because if you have a direct contract... That would be awesome. That's something that I would love to do because there's um like for example, there's a game Warframe. I think the guy who made all the music for it is uh Keith Power. He just had the entire game. He made like 40, 50 songs for that game and That's he crazy. he probably you know did well for himself, but it's like almost like making an album in some sense, you know. It's not just sending out yeah. one and done songs into a library it's like an actual project like working on a film or something like Hans Zimmer type shit yeah I'm sure there's a lot of like moving parts to it too like he's probably like making the songs and then getting it sent out to someone else they've worked on it and you know like it's just like moving around everywhere with like a whole team which you know, would be cool I, I always thought Hans Zimmer was overrated until I uh, watched Dune recently. Have you heard that sound? Have you seen the film? No, I, I that's something that's been on my list, and I just always forget to fucking watch it. That shit's mad good. Definitely watch it. And the music is nuts. Is it like uh, Now I, I get it. I get it now. Like Hans Zimmer is like a great fucking composer. Yeah. Like. That's just slaps. Dude, that's that's like the um the Mandalorians that way too. The 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 way they did the the um music and composition of it all is just like so iconic. Like dude, that that is an art form in itself. 
and hearing about like the people that do that kind of stuff it's definitely just totally different from just making a song totally yeah. different yeah there's um I was going to say, I guess the difference would be like a theme thing, but an album can have a theme, but yeah, no, it is still different because you have to take into consideration like people speaking and other sounds and stuff like that. Whereas, you know what I mean? Like if you're just making a straight album just to like listen to like a regular artist, you don't have that extra context of like actors and like visuals although you could go along yeah. with it in a music video but then but if you if you dress up your album with music videos for every song and some theme it almost does become some kind of like cinematic thing it's like in between like a music album and like cinema like what's what's like an example of that i know i've seen that type of shit what with the kind of turning the album into like a cinematic yeah um well i mean it he doesn't do this with all the songs i know like tyler the creator like is like a good example of like turning songs into like cinematic type fucking yeah yeah piece almost like like short films or something for like yeah yeah the i can think of matushka that's that's one polish black metal band but yeah every song Uh, has a film and it's laid out over time. You know, there's a beginning and an end, and so on. Yeah. But the biggest difference is definitely when when you're when you make an album and then add cinematic to it. It's you're basing the visuals off the music, and with a TV show or something, it's flipped the other way around. I feel like that drastically changes everything yeah i mean i think they literally will typically like watch it while they're sitting over like a piano mm-hmm. and fuck around with it and be like oh no no that's not it <laughs> so yeah that's that's weird that's weird to think about um i think we should talk about all the fucking different projects we were in though since like no one probably heard all the fucking shit from start to finish, I mean, we were probably involved together in, I mean, at least like six projects, dude. Is that counting Smokey as well? All right, I'm gonna count, and I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna name drop these fucking projects. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Um, yeah, dude, I, at least six. I think it's like seven, including Smokey. Well, since another way to just put it is since you were 15, and I was, I must have been yeah. 15 or 16. And yeah, you're 28 now, right? Uh, turning 28. 27 to yeah it's like 12 13 years we've essentially been working on projects for that amount of time of course when i moved that amount decreased but 
<laughs> yeah, we, we still collaborate. Well, I the mean, other thing too. Is, yeah. Well, no, the biggest thing too, since you've moved is I think we been keeping consistent like entities of like where the energy is going in terms of the music you know like now i've been smoky for five years now six years Damn. Sorry. and we uh, never had a project like that long and it, i mean you've been consistently just on a producer and you know in whether you're making beats or mixing or whatever yeah. you know yeah, we like settled into, I guess, our place. Because, yeah, when we were younger, it was kind of all over the place. Like first we wanted a band and then what well, that that transformed into maybe some other bands. But then that went into like a producer thing. Mm. And then uh, out of the producer thing back into I, I'm going to produce mainly and then you're gonna song right and that's i think where like like when yeah, we dude, went don't out forget to LA. the edm don't forget well, the yeah EDM that's a, in, no in that's what i mean yeah producing like, yeah yeah when we just went into straight producing but then yeah when we went to la that was like i guess where we finally had settled you and matt are gonna be primarily artists but of course you guys were working you were still doing a lot of producing stuff at the time but obviously we mm -hmm. were like working on that and then i was like you know what i'm 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 not going on these songs like i don't feel like i have anything <laughs> to offer like vocally or anything like i'm just gonna focus yeah. on making beats and shit no nah, but i think i think uh the paths are in the right direction now for sure i think everyone found their pocket of like where they want to be and stuff you know yeah i'm i'm just chilling like i'm trying to refine what i'm doing just get better you know work hard and just see where it goes just keep going at it like uh definitely not doing any any kind of um artist thing although although i don't know i have been tempted certain like side projects like what about you like do you feel like every now and then like the kind of you kind of feel like some different genre, like making some shit. Yeah. I mean, like even what? lately, like what we've been, what we've been working on, like with, uh, like what I've been sending you lately. I mean, I'm starting to kind of, in a way, go into like this, like full band type thing. And I started thinking like, should I even do this? Like as smoky and stuff, or should I turn into a side project? But I think nowadays as long as long as you're under the same umbrella of the genre, because I didn't really necessarily switch up genres or anything. Definitely yeah. switched up the sound a little bit, but it's still indie and it's still smoky. Like same, I'm talking about the same things, you know, like. Yeah, well, I mean, going you, along that same ride. Your um, your songs that are like more have more beat type of production or more like rap type of production still has that like um kind of i don't know psychedelic vibe whereas you yeah. know there's like um i can think of one artist now kill switch like switch with an x instead of an i um yeah 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 he has on his album like indie shit but his main stuff is i don't even know what you call it like i don't just like heavy kind of 
rap, like Zillicami kind of like screaming. Yeah, just like type. hardcore rap. Hard, yeah, hardcore rap. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to call it. But yeah, yeah like, I don't know he's, either. He's compl- like his the disparity of his um, style on his album is still bigger than what you're doing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. With your more yeah. hip hop based production stuff and your more full band based stuff. Like, yeah, especially these days. No. Like your your voice, I guess, mainly is what is gonna matter. Your voice and your image and your aesthetic, and the music around that can kind of fluctuate. It's not gonna. Yeah, I'll just keep it on the same thing. Yeah, sure. But what what side product were you thinking about starting? Um, I dabbled in like black metal shit. It's because it's it's so yeah it's so easy to just uh, plug the guitar into um, the computer and sit in front of it. I don't have to like you know direct in like just throw on a guitar emulator or amp emulator, just instant yeah. distortion. And the thing with black metal is <clears throat> that the production quality doesn't even have to be good. There's actually this um, you know one of like the early uh, founders of black metal, or I guess it would be like second wave black metal is Birdsome. Mm-hmm. He purposely recorded with like shit mics. Like he was in a studio where you're being charged thousands of dollars for like sessions. And he was like, Oh yeah, give me like your shittiest mic. And he, th- so they, they intentionally make it a bad mix yeah. um, because uh, there's like a whole philosophy based around that scene i guess at that time period but so it's like acceptable not to have perfect production whereas i think if you're working with like hardcore songs today you definitely need like really good production to compete yeah because like the slam of of the kick and like the chugs and like the transients and everything have to be like as clean as possible you know what i mean could you see like a uh, of course in 2007 2006 some hardcore bands could get away with like some half-ass production but could you see that today dude no (laughs) no yeah dude it's just not the same now if you listen to all the big bands they have crazy fucking uh production it's like so clean and punchy and everything but yeah, with black metal, you can get away with that. And, you know, I don't have one of those. I don't have a crazy studio or analog gear and all that. So I'm not going to be mixing some crazy fucking metal album. But I can make a decent sounding black metal album, which is acceptable to black metal fans. So that's why I was thinking. Yeah. But I'm, I don't even know if I will. I mean, it's just like a thing I've like dabbled in. But um, yeah primarily i mean dude your your mixes your mixes still sound like clean as fuck for being from a fucking you know just your like house you know like it it's crazy how far technology has been fucking going dude where you can do that well it's funny because like i realized this around the time when we were in la shortly after i got home i was mixing and I was on some new Yamaha monitors that I had set up that, like, me and my brother bought years ago. And I wasn't using them for some reason. I was using the BX5s. 
But like, so I set yeah. them up and I mixed some songs and like exported them. They were finished and stuff. But then I listened to it on my headphones that I would game with. And I heard the kick and the 808 was like completely scuffed. And I'm like, how did I not notice this on the monitors? But I noticed it on my headphones. And that's when it started to dawn on me. Like, it's a myth and I think a lie for money that you need super expensive monitors to make a clean mix. Mm. Because, look, why do you, when, when you mix, why do you check on like, your phone on a shitty system and then in your car, like on all these other systems, cause you know them and you will like pick up, of course on your phone, you can't only check a mix on a phone. That's ridiculous. Cause it doesn't have any sub frequencies. So you do need something with sub frequencies, yeah. but if you have a shitty speaker, but it does have those sub frequencies, as long as you know how it's supposed to sound, you're going to get it mm. as close as possible. You know what I mean? So it, Especially buying, with a reference mix. Yeah, yeah. Buying expensive monitors is not going to give you fucking good mixes. That's just a lie. Yeah. Total myth. Unless you have your, a you very... Yeah, guys. You have to have, like, such a good treated room. Like, that's the, that's the main thing, dude, I think. Yeah. Like, a professionally treated room. I literally just um made some adjustments in my room because like i i probably should have known this at this point <laughs> but i was mixing okay i was i was kind of i was centered right and my speakers were facing long ways so i had the actual angle of where i should put my studio desk correctly but i have a subwoofer too and i'm not in a very big room oh, right. and i was pushed against the wall but uh, there's but there's a um there's this trick that I saw I forget the name of the um YouTube channel but you put your sub or no you put a monitor in the corner of the room facing out and you just play some music and you just walk around the room and you listen or rather feel for the low end and um yeah. you'll find a spot where like you hear the the low end changing of how you perceive it as you move around the room and you find this like sweet spot where it's still there, but it's not overwhelming. So it's not completely gone, but it's not like, you know, like I said, overwhelming. So it's this sweet spot. And I just move my desk back like five feet into the room a little bit further off of the wall. And instantly, <laughs> instantly I can... I actually know what's going on in the fucking low end because there were so many times I went out <laughs> to my car. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this shit sounded clean in here. It sounds like trash in my car. But now, since I just moved the desk off the wall, I didn't buy new monitors. You know what I mean? I didn't buy yeah. new plugins or something. Just moved the desk back five feet. And I hear it so much better. It's crazy. Yeah, that's And that's... And that's what the, the point that that guy I was talking about was getting across. I wish I could remember the name to fucking um, mm. uh, tell you. But, um, like, yeah, the first and most important thing is the placement of your shit. Because if you don't get that right, 
it, the whole foundation is messed up. No, but that makes sense, dude. And and yeah, <clears throat> I feel like headphone like if you don't have the right treated room, I mean, headphones are the best option, I think. And and the I, car test. And yeah, stuff, it, like, it depends on the it depends on the room, I think. But with the car, if you have a car with a sub and you know it well and you have headphones, you can fucking make it work. I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that, oh, no, there's no possible way you're going to get good mixes like that. I think Skrillex, like, mixes songs in hotel rooms on headphones. Yeah. I, I think I recall him saying that. And... um yeah, he he drops the sauce. Like he's he's one of those producers I think that genuinely just wants people to like know like the best methods of like mixing and production and stuff. Like he his um just saying Yeah, I put a side chain on everything. Like he side chains every track to the kick. And I started doing that especially because I was working with more like trappy EDM stuff at the time. It Total fucking game changer. It doesn't really work as well in rap because you got like 808s and you want the transient at the beginning yeah. to actually like hit. And so once you start putting it, you can still get away with it, but it has to be like a really quick release so it doesn't like duck for that long. But, um, uh, yeah, like Skrillex, like fucking. Just saying that one thing completely changed, like, how my mixes were sounding. Yeah, that motherfucker, yo, he's just so ahead of the curve. Like, no matter what he says, he's just always going to be just ahead of, like, dude, like, just some people, I feel, just have this ear and uh, this creativity where they just try these things and just make it work and make it sound so good you know yeah his his new album is fucking good and that's how you like that's when you when you're consistent like that you know what i mean that's just a, a guy who really knows his fucking shit and who like respects his craft and yeah. he like lives that shit definitely and i think that's the only way you can remotely come close to people who are like at the top is like when when we think that we've worked hard, it's like, yeah, yeah, I did a lot of hard work today on on my music. Like I got stuff done. No, I think I think when you start thinking that, you're pro we're probably not doing enough. You know what I mean? We gotta be like, yeah, yeah. No, I I got stuff done, but um, no, I I gotta keep going like another like four or five hours or something like that. Yeah, Nick Mira is a producer that um you know he's he's been really successful he's with like i think internet money i don't know if he's like one of the owners or something he makes streams for like nine hours straight and he just makes like he makes like 15 beats and um i've even heard about people going in the studio and doing a 24 hour session and making a hundred beats oh my god <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made a hundred beats in two months. 
I mean, like, <laughs> on it, that's still pretty crazy. See, here's the thing. There's always going to be someone working harder than you. That's true. And, I mean, you you do have to keep that in the back of your mind. But it'll also drive you fucking insane if you're always yeah. thinking that. No, yeah. You you. I mean, no, yeah. To be fair, like, you have to... Like, burning yourself out is probably going to do more harm in the end than it does any yeah. good. That's one thing. And, yeah, like you said, someone's always going to be... You, you can always do more. You can always go that extra step. Yeah. But, like, I, I can't help but feel like when you don't have your foot in the door where you have something to go off of, like... Like, I have to do that. Like, I kind of don't have a choice, at least for yeah. the short term. You know what I mean? Because it's like playing yeah. catch-up. Like, there's so many artists out there now, like, battling and shit for the spotlight. Yeah. There's so many producers trying to sell beats. Like, just go on beat stars. Yeah, a lot of them are just people who throw up stuff that is not good. But there's a lot of really fucking good producers on there, too like trying to sell beats so it's like because you can do it at home you can do it with a budget and that's only made the like saturation like worse yeah like you were saying before about the spotify shit yeah dude that's why you just you, you just have to keep a healthy balance because another thing too is i mean if say you are an artist that not necessarily beat maker, but you know, a songwriter and stuff thinking in your head, I have to make music 24 hours a day. If you're in the fucking studio for 24 hours a day, well, I realistically say you're in the studio for eight to 10 hours a day. I mean, after a while, you're not going to experience anything. And half the fucking thing about music is experience, you know, experiencing life, learning, losing, whatever. You just have to experience, and that's half of it. Yeah. And you can get caught up so much in the work that you forget to add the other elements into your life to spice up that work. Yeah, I guess that's, like, a general problem with, like, workaholics. Um, I, I, I still think if, if, if like you're somebody who wants to who wants success like just and i'm not even saying like some crazy like fame or something i just mean success in the sense that um you can live off of it yeah like it's your it's your way of life yeah it's what you do it's your primary source of income like there is that kind of balance i think to be had where yeah, on the one hand, you want to make music because you love it and enjoy it. But then there is that business aspect, which kind of imposes this, like, necessity to, yeah, like, work X amount of hours per yeah. week and shit. I think that's that's just a difficult reality of trying to live off of that. You know what I mean? Like, it would be nice yeah. to to be able to just look at it in this kind of, like, free way, like... I'm just going to kind of do what I want and that's the end of it. But, and of course, I mean, in terms of like how much you work and stuff like that, obviously the type of yeah. music and all that, like if you're, if you're making a certain type of music, cause you just want to make money off of it. I mean, I guess 
if you do make money off of it, like, yeah, good for you. But <clears throat> at that point, it's like, why don't you go do something else that you don't really care care about? Like, you probably, yeah, you have a better chance of like making more money. I don't know, becoming a lawyer or or like flying airplanes than doing music selling cars <laughs> yeah selling cars yeah, whatever yeah yeah no no for sure yeah yeah so, it, it's definitely you just have to find you have to balance the chaos of being a creative with the fucking uh the um control of a businessman you know no yeah that's dude that shit is mad hard like because you can you can lie to yourself like nah i'm gonna get shit done today <laughs> and you're like yeah. you, you remember later, it's like oh dude i was supposed to i was supposed to go fucking make um make some beats or whatever and it's like no nah, i'll just oh tomorrow morning like i'll just get up early or yeah, something. yeah and then you wake up and with alarm and shit and it's like uh dude it's too early i'm just whatever all right i'm gonna like work double time like in like a week or yeah, like, you know yeah. what i mean like just like bullshit excuses so yeah it is like um definitely you need fucking discipline which is something like i don't have like in terms of a work ethic and i guess like there is like that idea of like the um the like crazy artist who's like messy and shit like that yeah you know in like pop culture like just his desk is a fucking mess and his, he's always like you know smoking cigarettes like spazzing out all the time but then he like yeah. makes this crazy like piece of art or something but yeah no i definitely think we should try to emulate that as little as we can because yeah like like i think it i think it is that's a representation of something to like an extreme extent. And it's like reflecting, it's like an exaggeration. Like this is kind of how these artists are because they are creatively thinking and yeah. innovative and stuff. But like, I don't think that that, you know, sloppy work ethic and shit. Nah, like we have to look at it as boring as it is more of like a, like a militaristic, like discipline, like, I'm going to wake yeah. up, I'm going to sit down at 8 a.m. And I'm going to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the crazy chaotic is definitely romanticized and shit. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, every creative wants that. But in reality, you you cannot. Like, there's like a point oh 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 one percent chance of being successful doing that nowadays, you know? Yeah, no. Like, you, you have, have to... Yeah. Uh, if you are like that, you need someone else on your fucking side that straight up does all the business stuff and is willing to fucking deal with your antics, you know? Yeah. Like you, but yeah, nowadays you need to be a fucking businessman if you want to be doing, I mean, it's not even just music, anything, dude, anything relating with social media and finding an audience or anything like that. You need, you need to have discipline and business business antics and shit yeah like i i feel like that sort of um pop culture image of like yeah the romanticized like chaotic artist that stems out of like a older tradition of when artists generally had and you know maybe this is still the case today but back then you know a few centuries ago was definitely the case 
they were being commissioned by like rich ass mm. motherfuckers who like their stuff. So yeah, like they had some connections. They like knew somebody and, or they were born into a certain family that had those connections and they were mad good at it because they're talented and, you know, maybe they did work hard to get like, you know, that good at what they're doing, but then they're just being like commissioned. And so they're living that lifestyle. And, sh- and you can even see this with like people who are successful. Like, I guess like even today, like rock, like the whole rock star archetype where he just goes yeah. fucking nuts, like on tour, just making millions, but he's like doing drugs, like getting like fucked up every night, like go- or going, going to the hospital, like overdosing and shit. So I guess it is a kind of modern version of that. Now that I think about it, but they, they didn't get there by doing that in most cases. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And that's, the, they, they, they're showing that aspect to be, you know, romanticized by other people. But at the end of the day, they are fucking working hard in the background, you know, like, well, I mean, that, yeah, that could be a case. Too, yeah. Like Lil Peep, dude. Like, I mean, look at how many fucking songs he put out in what, like two, three years. And he also had people like a producer helping him out and all these things. He was just recording. So he did have somewhat of a team with him. I mean, especially towards the end, he had a whole fucking, he was signed to a label and all that. That's another thing. If you're signed to a label, I guess you have a little more freedom to do that, but you have no control over your fucking shit. And it's like getting there, getting signed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting that song recorded which is another thing i realized um um i'll just put that to the side for a sec like yeah getting recorded and getting that song out there that's actually popular and like successful that's not going to be like the first song you record um you know nick mira has a good analogy he says that um Turn out beats, right? Because most of those beats are going to be... It's like Minecraft. What is it you get Um, when you're digging? What's the main fucking shit you get? Uh, it's like rocks? Um, in Minecraft, you dig rock most of the time. And uh, diamonds are fucking mad rare. So if you turn out a ton of beats, most of those beats are going to be just like rock. Mediocre. Yeah. It's going to, like, they're going to be mediocre. They're going to be nothing special. But you will stumble on, like, one or two diamonds, like, every now and then. So, and I think it is about just, like, actually sitting down. You, I used to have this mentality. I think both of us did, especially when we worked together, that when you put together a song, you sit down and you think, I'm going to write a hit now. I'm going to make the perfect song. And you sit down and you you start making it. And then you're like, all right, we got to connect the wires and um, like all the perfect, you know, put all the perfect uh, things in its right place. And then finally, we're going to create this hit. But it's like, no. What you do instead is you sit down. You just you throw things together different combinations you try different stuff it doesn't mean you don't pay attention to any detail of course you do sometimes but yeah you don't get stuck on detail you lay it out you do that 20 times 30 times or whatever because you you more so land 
on a good song than it is like you create it because yeah. that combination already it's this might sound weird but it already exists before you actually mm-hmm. make yeah. that combination it's there potentially so when you get the right combination you actualize it it's like like a good analogy is um you know making a stone carving like you have the block or like a marble carving you have the block of marble and the image that you're gonna carve is like inside of it and so you're chipping away yeah you're chipping away at it and it's i think it's like the same thing with music like you're not creating notes you're organizing notes you're organizing Mm -hmm. tones and that's really what making a song is and it took me a while to realize that, but so that's why now I don't just get caught up on shit too much. Like, oh, I have to make this, like, dissect it for like fucking two yeah. weeks or something, you know? Dude, I think it took us about yeah, it took us like six projects to fucking learn that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, because we would we would have an idea and we're like, it's it's pretty good. We. We can make this really good if we sit here for five more hours and really <laughs> yeah, just yeah. try to change shit around. Yeah, yeah. it only, never worked. Only two more weeks. Two more weeks, and it's yeah. gonna be the perfect hit. Yeah, never worked, dude. Now, anytime I f- I make a good song, it it usually it takes me less than thirty minutes to get it laid out. Yeah, that's yeah, the I main know it's components. Good. Because of course, yeah, like. You can make a song and, you know, I guess this happens in the industry too, from what I've heard, like the song will be altered and changed many times, but yeah, that, that, those are just like the fine details that are being refined after the fact that the song yeah. is basically already there. All the main components are there. So it's there. Yeah. They're doing different versions of the mix and different, you know, but it has to have that special thing. feeling. It has to have that like <clears throat> that feeling you get when you make a good song from the jump. Yeah, yeah. And like, so say you have that guitar that gives you that feeling, and then you add the drums, it's like, oh fuck. And then yeah, you yeah, add yeah. the the fucking bass, you get even more of it. That's when it's a fucking hit. Yeah, like straight Fox up. Pavilion uh, said that he's like. Because some people say, like, oh, don't worry about your own music. Like, let other people judge it. And I kind of get that. I kind of get where that's coming from. But I think I like Flux Pavilion's uh, idea better, which is, like, yeah, I like my own music. Like, if you don't like your Mm -hmm. own music, like, it's a problem. Like, yeah. And that's why I kind of don't believe, like, when producers like uh, Big Head are like, yeah, my beats are trash. Like. Nah, I don't. I don't think you think that your beats are trash. Yeah. Dude. You're just being like humble. Like, shut up. I mean, the only the only exception with that could be if they didn't like a beat, <laughs> but someone else did. So you're like, all right, yeah, like, I'll trust your judgment type shit. But yeah, no, uh, that's, that's not that's even what to, he's saying, though. Yeah, that's yeah. not to say that like um, <laughs> you can't have different tastes with different people. Yeah, but. Even like songs that I despise that are from some genre which I hate, maybe with the exception of jazz, um, they 
they are still good objectively in some way. Yeah. Like I can hear why people like it. It's just yeah. like something about it annoys me. And like I said, not not with jazz though, because it's just chaos, chaotic music. No, nah, I'm I'm just fucking around. <laughs> I, uh, that that's that's for Joey, for if Joey wants. Yeah, yeah, that's a shot at Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's taste, and there will be, you know, some people will prefer something, or different songs off of the same album. Oh no, you know, yeah. the third song's my favorite. Oh no, the first is, but. Um. Yeah, you can just hear that, like when when a song, um, is good. Like Matt sent me something yesterday, or not yesterday, a couple days ago. It was Skrillex, uh, collab with Young Lean and somebody else. Did you hear that? I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I listened, and I'm like, I'm like, these vocals are like trash, and I. I, I messaged back Matt. I'm like, dude, these vocals are garbage. Like, like I get what, like, the beat's cool, but nah, dude, this song, no, no. But then I heard it a second time. And it's like, yeah, the vocals aren't that good, but it's still a good song, and yeah. it, it starts to grow on you. It was the same thing with like Lil Peep. Do you remember yeah, we yeah. first listened to Lil Peep on on your porch in 111? Yeah, I. I specifically remember like just really just not getting into it at all yeah i heard it and it's like it's like how was this like something that people like but dude i was like that with pink floyd and the doors dude oh yeah i remember you i remember you used to make (laughs) fun of me for liking the doors you fucker yeah dude yeah it's it's dude i think some big factors are time and experience and just so many factors for if you like could like a song or not like it and stuff and now now i know like oh i might not like this song now but let me just like remember it just in case i do end up getting into it in the future or something you know like yeah yeah because those were those were immature times you know yeah yeah i'm it's it's a curious thing if that decreases with time as we get older. I don't know. Like, do, like, do you think you usually have a better judgment initially now whether you will like something, um, you know, like in the future or not? Or immediately? I feel, I feel like I definitely am way more open now. Yeah. Like, I, I take it in and, like, try to find like at least like one good thing about it and yeah i'll i'll kind of be like let me let me keep this on the back burner if it's not like totally hitting right now but i'll i'll definitely give it another try i don't i don't uh listen to something now and immediately immediately say fuck this like i don't like it i i don't really do that anymore do you um well, yeah, like I, I, I kind of did it with that Skrillex song, but oh, right, right, yeah, like, but no, you didn't though, because you said you gave it another listen. Yeah, no, I guess I did see something in it. Yeah, but I just couldn't get past like how the vocal sounded. But listening back, I mean, it's still not like my favorite song, but like I get why um, 
yeah you know matt likes it um yeah it's weird though how we can hear something and not like it initially Mm. especially like i guess when you were younger you had this like you hear something you don't like it but then you for some reason go back to it and listen to it again and then you it completely grows on you and sometimes it becomes like your favorite band or like favorite song yeah it's very a very bizarre thing like i don't really know how to explain it it's like why is it you know what i initially don't like it and then it changes well what i think is so if something is different foreign unknown it can it can push you away and make you standoffish like ah like i i I don't i'm not used to this shit like uh like no this isn't my what i know this isn't like (laughs) my identity yeah it's funny because i think of the reverse sometimes like what does like Chelsea Grin sound like to, you know, I don't know, like a 70 year old. Yeah. Or a 50 year old that never listened to metal. Like there's no way that they're perceiving it the same way as us. Like there was this one meme and it's like how black metal sounds to people to like normal people. And it's just like, like static basically yeah (laughs) it's just like static noise and it's like that actually might be more true than you think it is like it just as a meme yeah like actually might be they literally aren't used to it and for some reason like their brain just processes it differently when they hear it and it just sounds super harsh and stuff but we get so desensitized to like metal well, we think think it. about it. Yeah, think about it this way too, though. Like, it it's kind of like um, a cold ass body of water. Like, like the temperature's freezing. I mean, imagine just cannonballing into it. Like, that's gonna feel ten times crazier than if you dip your your pinky toe in and then you fucking yeah. go to your leg and you adjust. Because you like you in particular. You know, we started with fucking something like Metallica, and then you go to, you know, the hardcore shit like Chelsea Grin, whatever, and you're slowly going down that dirty metal to the dirtiest point, black metal. Yeah. When the 70 well, year old, they listen to Sinatra or whatever the fuck, and then go right to that. That's, think of the difference between that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, that's, yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, and I think it is actually something that's universal to us across experiences. And it's like, yeah, when when there's like some foreigner, like, for example, we were talking about before, like if I go to some random Polish village and I'm speaking English, people are like, yeah, like shook by it. Like, what, like, what the fuck? Like they like they're all like <laughs> interested in stuff. But of course, they have some preconception of the U.S. So maybe I don't know. Maybe they're like interested in a good way. It could be a bad way. But yeah, then with like you said, uh, even physical senses. So like water, you get used to it, right? You yeah. go into the cold water, and like ten minutes later, you're like, I it's like, I feel completely fine. So then, yeah, the same thing with music. So it's just kind of, I guess, a universal 
thing with humans just being exposed to things that they're not like used to. Yeah. 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 I mean, think about it like in the tribe days, you know, if someone came with a fucking a gun when you you guys only knew about spears and shit and you're like what the fuck like you're gonna be turned off by the gun because you don't know what the fuck it is you know but well if you're a civilization that advanced with stuff like that and you grew up with it you know a new gun isn't gonna be as crazy as seeing a gun for the first time you know yeah there's a um there's actually a letter from like a Native American chief or something that was conserved. And um, he talks about um, the thunder stick because <laughs> the thunder stick, they had a musket and they shot a squirrel to eat. Oh, the thunder stick's a gun. Yeah. He called it the, he called it a walking stick, but th- like said that it thundered. And the squirrel was oh, dead, shit. and they were completely like astonished, like, like because they never saw a gun. But yeah. I mean, we see guns all the time now in movies and shit. It's just, yeah, it's nothing. So, yeah, it's 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 universal. It's literally you can think of really endless endless amounts of examples of that, I guess. Yeah, but and 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 like. To kind of conclude it too, I mean, like, if you're open to new things and new experiences, I mean, imagine if the tribe fucking said, fuck guns are scary, or or they could be open to it and be like, oh shit, like, let's at least look into this a little bit more and fucking see what's up and like try out the guns and shit. Like, oh, this is actually useful and, you know, it can yeah. advance shit. Like, same with music. I mean, it, Which the is people what that happened. push the needle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the people pushing the needle are the ones. I mean, at first, people can talk all the shit they want, but usually, when it gets accepted and it becomes yeah legendary, and that's what gets fucking stamped in the history of fucking music. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because like music becoming popular, like initially sounding weird. And foreign and harsh. I mean, even isn't it said that even like Elvis sounded like super harsh to the generation yeah, yeah. that preceded them? Dude, people considered that devil music, dude. <laughs> because it's it's just crazy, like how it, it's a very like collective thing, like as a like society, yeah. like we just go through these waves of popular music that comes in and then it goes out, something new comes in. Just different developments and eras. I can't even, and we've talked about this before, like trying to conceive of what music will be like in like a hundred years or like two hundred years. Because there is the question, um, like some philosophers and stuff talk about this, the question of is art like actually hitting a point where yeah it literally almost has like a hit like a wall in some way like it's stagnant which is and you know like some of the arguments they will use is like if you look at cinema it's the same like not the same it's films being remade yeah Yeah. just remakes 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 
and same with music <clears throat> too Pop yeah punk coming back this is coming mm-hmm. back that coming mm-hmm. back a lot of yeah. the old bands that were popular in the 70s and 80s like metallica just made a new album speaking of metallica yeah. and if you listen to it it sounds like they're just em- emulating their like first album like yeah. that's they're going for that nostalgia and it's a constant nostalgia fest it's almost like it's like we don't even like know like where to go forward. Even even rap did that. Started moving to yeah. pop punk. Like it can't go forward. It can only really draw other elements into it yeah. and synthesize them. Like Lil Uzi Vert, fucking uh, what's that new song? I just want to rock. Mm-hmm. Like that's like what would that be like? Trance or like house mixed with yeah. I think like Jersey Club, like drum beat mixed with rap vocals. <coughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. <clears throat> but I mean, everything really is just meshing two different genres to make a new one. But it definitely feels like there's more of a wall than there was previously. Yeah. If you look at music developing historically from. I don't know, the Baroque period, like the 18th century to 2000, there are such huge jumps, like qualitatively, like how it sounds, like what it's like. It changes so much across that time span. But then again, and then to it be just kind of stops changing as rapidly. I mean, but then again, like the Mozart times and shit like that, I mean, how much of it was like an orchestra what do you mean you know what i mean like what time period was it strictly like oh this is orchestral music and it's just those same instruments doing like not necessarily pushing the needle like i mean when the fuck was there like the first four-piece band you know well like compared to when it was just uh orchestras and stuff like that you know like if you look at the short term in in that aspect too i mean they weren't really pushing the needle like that much too i mean maybe like with the uh compositions but everything else it was kind of yeah no i mean there is yeah no i get what you're saying because the period from let's say like the late 1800s that's when like classical music was dominant so like mozart would be like baroque and then classical is like wagner which and and wagner was a huge innovation actually because he he kind of created cinema in a way because he was the first Mm. um composer to create like the theme song for like different characters and shit that was like the first time because, you know, Wagner was primarily like, it was like a play. It wasn't just music. It was like, there's a play with music. So, um, yeah, he kind of did that. But if you ha- go from that time period of like the 1800s to 2000, the change is very rapid, probably much more rapid than, let's say, you know, the past 10 years or on an even larger scale, like you're saying. 1500 yeah. to like 1700 the the quality of the change is m- like much bigger jumps and that's the same thing with technology too because yeah. 
Yeah, from from fucking um, you know, like one thousand to sixteen hundred, like yeah, bows and armor got better. But yeah. then they made a gun and you know, I don't know when the first one was, sometime in, in the fucking late fifteen hundreds, I guess. But um oh the craziest jump, the craziest jump is the first airplane is in fucking like 1910 and then they're dropping nuclear bombs like 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So there is this like point in time in our recent past, like 1800 to like 2000 where it just goes crazy. So you're, you're right. You're right. That there was a period before that, where that change was much uh, slower and like, yeah. stagnant like how we would say yeah it so yeah in a way like we have to kind of appreciate how it is moving pretty quick even if it feels slow i mean if if things are coming back from 30 years ago that's still not i mean in uh the, the grand scheme of things it's really not that crazy you know yeah maybe in lifetime it can be but yeah, yeah, in our know. lifetime, it's definitely, and you know, I people yearn for new creative shit. Um, it's like we have this human obsession with just novelty. Like we just always yeah. want something new and different. Yeah. So I guess it is like in our lifetime, if we're like, yeah, they've kind of been making like remakes for the past ten years. Like I want something like new. Like it, we get like upset about it you know because it's like yeah well come on like i i don't have like you know 300 years 200 years like i want shit to happen yeah but, yeah um, so yeah <laughs> it, it is in the human lifetime i guess maybe we sort of exaggerate the issue maybe in the grand scheme it's but not that bad i think also too i mean like we were saying earlier that that music isn't necessarily as much of a forefront. I mean, I think that's that's in a way where the trajectory is going too. I mean, I don't think it's just about the music as it was, you know, even 20 years ago or whatever, with you could just sign to a label, make an album and disappear into the abyss. Now it's, I mean, you have to add other aspects to it, whether it is, you know, cinema, like music videos or, you know, whatever, you know, I think it is changing. And it's more than just music right now. It's But the question is, what what else is it? Well, I guess the... Like TikTok reels? Well, <laughs> there's the whole question of Instagram VR. Reels, there's a the whole question yeah, of yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. what's going to, like... I like the, I mean, obviously everyone's seen like the previews of like meta and it just looks like a joke, yeah. but the concept is there like a virtual workspace, virtual concerts. Yeah. Um, that's a whole, yeah. And then you're in the virtual space. You're probably like, and you can have a like actual workspace where you're working on your computer in the virtual space which is just getting fucking weird but yeah. like imagine you're in the virtual space at a concert and like you're 
you've got like your phone in the virtual space and can show each other your phone like tiktok or instagram videos yeah. like in in the virtual space and like it starts to get like uh i don't know it's it's i see the concept it's there to just take over but we have yet to see it actually it like, needs time implemented. Yeah. yeah it definitely needs time it needs time because ai when... yeah go okay, what no go ahead i, I was just gonna say like uh, i mean with all these recent ai um advancements with you know chat gbt all this other stuff i mean that's gonna push the needle even faster with everything any yeah you can I, think of. I was literally just um listening to something about that i was listening to a guy talking about how ai like we call it artificial intelligence but it's not intelligent in the sense that it's not self-aware, mm. but um, but nevertheless, that is gonna like it's gonna destroy, or not maybe I shouldn't use destroy because it sounds like a negative. It's gonna eliminate. <laughs> that's that's a negative too. Whatever. It's gonna eliminate many <laughs> jobs. Like like yeah, you're talking yeah. about like graphic yeah. design. Graphic design is gonna go bye bye, because, and. I don't know, because there could be some counters to this, but, like, you've seen, like, the yeah, AI art I have shit one. already, and it's like, yeah, like, bro, like, I don't know, like, am I, am I really in 10 years gonna have to go to an artist or just, like, type in some words into, like, a... No, but the, the argument... The argument is, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you can just type some words in, but you still... You still need the artist um mentality of what you're trying to do when you're with this technology because you can't just type all right like you could type in say you want a nice cool drawing of a bird you know you could just type in bird and stuff is going to come up but if you want your own there's still going to be people with their own touch to it you know like you because you could type in fucking bird watching the night sky with the moon glazing over the fucking whatever and it's 70s style with fucking you know like you can go really fucking yeah, detailed yeah, yeah. and have still like there still needs to be someone behind the computer you know yeah yeah i get that so with with anything be, ai related yeah it would probably be like simple like i think the example he used was like um making designs like some basic ass shit for like a business or like something like that yeah because people still get paid to do that yeah but i think he was talking more about that but yeah i guess if you if you jobs get into, will get lost still for sure yeah it, like if you get into things which are more um more like multi-layered and complex the ai would we, we will we'll see and i don't even like saying AI, the algorithm like yeah we'll see like where it goes but yeah i see what you're saying that th like the, the thing is there's tears to everything there's always those people that are baseline that can do what everyone else can do and then there's people above that and then there's the best you know yeah they're always the people what they do everyone else follows them and they'll always still be there you know 
I mean, it's just a I, matter. These like Wait, what? Mo- most of these um uh like algorithm like graphic art shit like they use art styles mm-hmm. to base their um their like generated drawings off of yeah like styles anyway you know what i mean so it's it's yeah no that's a good point it's not going to ever well i maybe i shouldn't say ever but it probably can't like innovate creatively Mm -hmm. because that requires something which isn't there because the algorithm always works off of some input like you're saying there's a human yeah that gives it data so how is it going to like jump ahead and create something that's not already yeah. there within it, like from some input, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you do, you do need, I mean, human expression is always going to be the most human from a fucking human, you know? Like, that's why I don't, I will never be worried about AI taking over fucking music music in the same, I mean, maybe with the beats and stuff, yeah, like, it can make beats and stuff. Generic stuff, yeah. Yeah, it can't, it can't write a fucking song about the fucking trees and flowers in a new way. In a new way, That's never been done before, you know? Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, you can randomize, I guess, already existing elements, and that could hypothetically create something new. Yeah, yeah, it it can, yeah. But, like, but it's just to be seen. Like, we still still have to wait. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, is it going to, like, take away music? But then I thought, how much of music... It, it it is like too human you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. there's there's energy to like a good song rhythm and melody and stuff um yeah maybe ai can make some very generic kind of songs but like is it uh, it, it will never top out over um yeah like real musicians i, I highly doubt it and think of your favorite like visual artist do you think ai could have come up with that before them no like now they can because that's already been created and they can maybe even push the needle a little bit further than them but that was already done you know so so what we can actually conclude then i guess is that ai will eliminate it for Mediocrity. sure will eliminate jobs. It, yeah, will, eliminate it will eliminate people eliminate. who are mediocre. Yeah, and following arts. other people in the in that aspect, which of, I hope you know, is not me. pushing the needle. <laughs> well, I mean, I I personally think like you can be a person like you know pushing the needle in you know music and stuff. I mean, you've done I just, it. Nah, but, I, mean, I mean, you just have to keep that mindset. Yeah, nah, I mean, it's whatever. Like, like I, you know, I wouldn't be, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be totally crushed. 
completely if um I had to do something else in life. What about you? I know when we were younger, I definitely would never have accepted like, <laughs> oh fuck, bro, like I'm I'm not gonna do music professionally. Oh my, like, nah, dude, I can't not do that. How, is it like, do you feel like you still can't cope with like any alternative if you had to do that? <clears throat> um, it, it this is my outlook. I would be crushed if I stopped before, like, I knew I could keep going, if that makes sense, to where I could keep trying. And, like, I'm on my deathbed, like, I probably had at least, like, this many more years of trying or whatever, you know? Like, I feel like that's what I wouldn't be able to live with. Yeah. And now if I'm, like, if I'm, like, you know, in, in my higher age and, you know, there's all these responsibilities and it's just not like whatever I try is just not working out. And, you know, it's just taking a toll. Well, it's, I mean, wait, what, what? yeah, no, I hear you saying, I, I mean, like with me, I kind of don't mean necessarily um, surrendering to like, the normie life where okay <laughs> i gotta go fucking get an office job or something because i can't do yeah. that like and i'm not even saying i'm i'm yeah. better than those people i just mean like i literally psychologically like can't cope with it like i'd be a fucking horrible worker yeah no yeah but, like, sure. but there is other there is other things that are interesting to me outside of music i just think with music it's I mean, if and it's probably the same with you. If you look at yourself and it's like, what am I best at of all things? Not even comparing yourself to other people. Just what am I yeah, yeah. good at doing like out of everything compared to like, like if I look at fucking drawing and I look at business management and like all these other aspects where I could hypothetically go down. It's like, yeah, the best thing I do is just like make beats. And I know how to do yeah. it. I've done it for a long time. So I was, you know, I was talking to someone recently, like encouraging them to um, try to make some of a living off of their art because like they're a talented artists, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's just like, but I feel like if I do put my shit out there, like there's just people who are so good already that I'll never be them. Like I'll never be as good as them at what they're doing. And like, obviously a very pessimistic attitude. And so I was yeah. like, I was like, bro, but that guy isn't the only person living off of making art. There are yeah. people, there are many professionals and there's tears, the professionals. Mm -hmm. So if you could be, and if, if I'm saying professional, I just mean someone who makes a living off of it, I guess. Like, even if it's yeah. not a lot. I'm like, if you can be as, and maybe some people would say, no, you got to shoot for the stars. But it's, no, it's about being realistic. Like, you, of course, should try your fucking best. But if you can be as good as, like, the worst guy who is making a living off of it, you're fucking yeah. good. You're set. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can do what you love. 
and um you know you're still gonna like people are still going to see that you're like professional and like enjoy your work and stuff it's not like it's gonna be like in vain if if you're not the top fucking guy you know what i mean like yeah yeah think of like the mega star directors or something like a stanley kubrick who's is my favorite director for what's worth but, <laughs> um maybe maybe not yours but like there's other people that make films that aren't as good as him that still make good films. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, professional. There, yeah. There's always someone there that is light years ahead of you. And there's someone way worse than you. That's making yeah, yeah. more money than that person. That's light years ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. There are people that are worse than you that are making money. Yeah. Um, because maybe they have a fucking good work ethic. Maybe they have a, a connection, but, and that's another thing. I don't, I, I don't, I think talent, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think talent only gets you so far anyway. I mean, how many yeah, fucking yeah. people are there that are like mad good that they, for they can't get like the budget or like the, for some reason they can't find someone good to mix their stuff or like they just that that business aspect is just missing. Yeah, yeah. but they're like you know th their music is good like maybe when you listen to their demo it doesn't sound that good because it's not professionally mixed or whatever yeah but that doesn't mean that they still didn't write a good fucking song and that could be a hit and make millions of dollars you know yeah yeah, that's why you always yeah, you just gotta fucking try, dude. Cause Yeah, if you don't try, you'll never fucking know. You'll always just be yeah. telling yourself you're not good enough. At least like I feel like it's better to know you're not good enough by trying than fucking But even then, like this shit's all fucking subjective at the end of the day. Nothing about this is objective. <coughs> you know? What's that? Nothing about it. The music. You know, like, do you, do you mean the songwriting or do you mean just everything about doing? it, dude? Because you could have someone where, you know, people are convinced like this guy is objectively good. Like he is a star. So we're going to put millions of dollars into him. And yeah. it could end up going nowhere. And then you could have that kid in fucking Idaho yeah, yeah. that people... They're like, this dude's like objectively bad, but for some reason comes up. I mean, like fucking Old Town yeah, Road, yeah. you know? You know how many people shit on that song? Oh, yeah. You know, like, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I see what you mean. You know? Yeah. Uh, no, I see what you mean because um, I don't think maybe that's something as much of subjectivity versus objectivity, but like no 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 it, that's that's a see that's a subjective thing right there yeah because the studio like the business people in fucking hollywood who have millions of dollars are like yeah we're gonna take this person and make them into yeah. a star but yeah it could be a disaster it could flop yeah so they're yeah their subjective taste in that instance completely fucked up but what i would say is the the problem was subjectively those guys were wrong 
about that artist being objectively good and the old town road that's what i'm saying even though yeah. people don't like it and even though it might be annoying it's still objectively good but that, why is it objectively it, good it has because music i i do think that there is a kind of and this is maybe more of like a more traditional way of looking at it but it is a kind of like a logic to it, like a math to it, almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know get what, what you're mean? saying. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Just like tonally, like it's, it's like everything's imagine, there in the right spot and stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. There, there's the right amount of. I mean, even a mix. There's the right amount of low end. There's the right amount of mid and high mixing, especially. I mean, that is something you cannot. I got into a brother or an argument with my brother about this actually, <laughs> like. Because I was saying that um, Blink's album, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, was mixed better than the self-titled album. Mm. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean it's mixed better? It, it's subjective. And we got into this whole thing. <laughs> I, I ended with saying... <laughs> I, okay, I know no. where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended saying, look, you know, they're both mixed really fucking good, so I get what you mean. But you can hear when something is mixed by somebody who's not good and when somebody yeah. mixed it who's good it's you instantly recognize it so there is that objective quality but, there but know? even then even then like someone can say that even if if people say it's objectively better like some someone could say i mean like your brother saying in this instance it it could take out the life of it so it could subjectively be worse you know like that perfect mix can ruin something because it's taking away the dirtiness yeah, yeah. of it or you know well this like like i said with black metal they intentionally had yeah. bad mixes yeah. now i'm willing to grant that there are cases where well i'll say this the mixes, yeah, are objectively bad. If by objectively, we just mean beyond anybody's um, personal preference, it's just there's an object out there, and that object is the mix. Yeah. And the way it's tonally arranged is lacking in its like yeah. structure. It just, it's ugly sounding yeah but, yeah and like you said but, there's there's math involved too like yeah 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 but that's intentional and a sort of like it's an exceptional case where you can make something objectively bad and for some reason people do like it you yeah. know what i mean it's kind of a radical case like because they're going for i think they call it like corpse tone or something like it's like a tone it's like a tone that sounds like dead or something i i don't even know some like black metal shit but yeah um there is though there is also the case to be made that people can kind of um flock to pieces of art because they are intentionally for like provocative and ugly like yeah, have you ever yeah. heard about the um art piece that was put in the museum that's uh literally like a canned a banana? piece of shit no a canned oh, no. piece of shit <laughs> no 
Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. It was put in That's the museum and everything. Like, <laughs> I mean, when we compare that to, like, a beautiful cathedral or something that was like this map monumental thing that was sculpted like over like 200 years and it has detail <laughs> ever like yeah of course that thing is like and this is su such a controversial thing saying like beauty is objective like and yeah. taste and music is i get that it's a contentious subject but you know that's these are just my opinions on it and so whatever yeah. like too bad you know <laughs> Nah, nah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But is there any fucking closing thoughts, closing philosophies that you have for for these people out here? For closing statements, literally I would reference what Joey Sturgis said in your other podcast because mm -hmm. I couldn't put it like better than that. Like Yeah, that was that shit. Really good. For for anybody who's like interested in being like an artist or musician or whatever, like yeah, listen to what Joey Sturgis said in the podcast uh, you did with him. Yeah. For real. Yeah, pretty much start now, which is a fucking... Yeah, that was some real-ass shit. For yeah, sure. For real. You know, it's funny. I fucking... I saw that on Instagram... I don't know why I didn't recognize it as Joey Sturgis at first. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, who is this? Like, that's... This guy is fucking spitting fire dude like <laughs> hell yeah that's but then i was like oh like that's joey third <laughs> yeah dude he's a fucking legend in his respect dude hell yeah dude that guy especially for us dude back in the day yeah that that podcast was crazy dude like that he's a fucking machine dude and you know it's no bullshit because you see the fucking yeah. amount of bands that you recorded. Yeah, like, dude. Everybody. Everybody. And like every album period. sounded so fucking good, too. Like, it's not like he fucking half-assed anything. I just listened to uh, With Roots and Branches Below. Or is it above? No, Below, right? Roots the Tid Wop album? Below, yeah. With Roots and Branches think, Below. I'm pretty sure, um, yeah. Yeah, and that was like what, like 2008 or 2009 or something no that was a little sounds later so, was it i think it was 2009 is either 09 or 10 maybe but yeah that album still fucking slaps dude and the production still sounds mad clean on yeah, it yeah dude yeah he's a fucking legend all right dude yeah it's been real um Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'll fucking I'll link your shit underneath for anyone that wants to, you know, uh, check out your beats and shit. I mean, they're fucking sick. And I mean, if you if they want any mixing or mastering or whatever, man. Yeah, listen yeah, to link. um, they gotta listen to your album. Um, you seem lost. Yeah, I that's mean, like, really, anything after that too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and anything after that. That album though. Um, just real quick, like it's a nice package where it shows yeah. like the consistency across the song. So especially, especially that if you want to hear my work, yeah, for sure. But hell yeah, it's been another motherfucking episode of Mental Vacation Hour. Peace, the fuck out. Peace.